Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Saturday. Special bonus episode, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers needed a win on Friday. LeBron James made sure they got it. That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, and obviously, Andy, sometimes on Saturdays, because that's what it is for a lot of you right now. Uh, always free, never behind a paywall. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube, where you can go hang out with around 22,000 subscribers to the channel. Um, and uh, all of them are, I guess, happy the Lakers won on Friday. Perhaps not thrilled with how they did it, but... Andy, very likely pleased with the effort of LeBron James, who just keeps doing. Um, I, I people maybe get the you know you get sick of hearing. Oh, it's in year twenty-one. Look at all. It's like it's astonishing what this guy is doing. Um, this deep into his career, thirty-five points, five rebounds, nine assists, thirteen of twenty-two from the floor, five of nine from three-point range. Um, he had a couple steals just for fun, and. Um, he was just dominant, really. You know, certainly on on that on the on the offensive side of the ball as an orchestrator, as a scorer, and um, he made sure the Lakers came away with a win that they needed to have um, against a weak Blazers team. Yeah, there was a, there was a point where Billy Mack during the Spectrum uh, Sportsnet broadcast noted that LeBron had just uh, notched his seventh assist. And my immediate reaction was, it feels like he has way more. I'm mm -hmm. like, there's no way he only has seven assists. And I think it was in part because, you know, D'Angelo Russell had six assists in this game. You know, Austin Reeves had four. Like, there were other guys doing some playmaking, but it felt like LeBron was a conductor in this game. And the rest of the guys out there were just a basketball version of an orchestra. Like, it, he was the guy that it felt like, you know, not that it's unusual to say this about LeBron James, but this was a night where in particular it felt like he was fully in charge of the offense and he was the one running everything. Um, you mentioned the idea of, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, but season 21 pushing 39 unprecedented yada yada. Um, I often like to find signposts to put things in perspective. When LeBron made his NBA debut, October 29th, 2003, the number one movie in America, Scary Movie 3, mm. the number one song in America, Baby Boy by Beyonce, and George W. Bush was still president in his first term, the first of his two terms. You may have noted, uh, if you're even just a, like a political casual, there have been a few presidents since W and a yeah. few administrations since W. Like, it's amazing to think about doing something, I mean, doing anything for this long of a stretch, like being a musician, you know, like a, a rock star with a 20-year career of excellence. Hard to do. You know, a, you think about somebody like Martin Scorsese, making the type of movies that he's making at 80, like difficult to do. Somebody year in, year out for now two decades plus 
doing this like LeBron in any field, but in particular sports, it's pretty damn amazing. Yeah. And, you know, certainly in, in, in basketball, um, you know, there have been guys who played when they were, you know, pushing 40, but nobody, uh, Kevin playing. Willis was not doing this. <laughs> no. No, he was not. No, I mean, you know, Vin, Vince Carter, Dirk Nowitzki, the guys, you know, pushing into seasons 20. I, I think Kevin Garnett was one of those guys. Not like Kareem. That. Like Kareem, even, who was still prolific in his, you know, he was a productive guy in his final season. Not like this. Not nothing close not like this. to this. No. And... You know, it's just it is it is one of those things that should always be noted, like always, um, and and so we will. Um, it wasn't the only his was not the only um, good performance of the night. I you know I thought Anthony Davis, who was um, you know not wildly efficient offensively, got back to having a, a, an impact after. Certainly, it was uh, significantly better on Friday than he was on Wednesday against the Kings. He finished with sixteen points. 14 rebounds, five blocks, three steals. Um, you know, certainly made a real impression. Cam Reddish only had eight points, but was all over the place defensively. He had three steals. D'Angelo, you mentioned 14 and six. Um, you know, Christian Wood had his best game in, in the last few with a double double, 10 and 10. He was 0 for 3 from behind the arc. Um, but I really liked how he got himself going early on in this game with points around the basket, either on putbacks or getting set up down low. Just he needs to see the ball go in the basket, and it doesn't really matter how. You know, as much as we've talked about Christian Wood doing, you know, the dirty work and the little things and stuff that you expect from a role player, they do need him to score. So mm -hmm. it would, and and I think he is starting to feel a, a little bit aimless out there. Um, it, it seems like at times, or not even aimless, but like not quite sure what he's bringing to the table. So it, it was nice to see this from Wood. Yeah, um, and so, you know, look, I mean, I, we've gone through some of the superlative performances, maybe, but, like, overall, I don't know about you. I was – I found this to be a necessary, um, you know, periodically workmanlike but ultimately unsatisfying win. Um, you know, the Lakers – seem to break out of of the their their worst habit which is uh getting off to a terrible start um and then i i just introduced a new one uh giving up leads <laughs> you know they they got off to a big you know look like they could even bury portland early um but by the end of the first quarter the blazers were back in it. and every time the lakers pushed out up until you know the kind of the the final run in the fourth quarter port they they let I'll say let Portland come back into the game. They never pushed it, you know, turned a 12 point lead into 18 or 22 or 24 um, to where they were playing with that 15, 16, 17 point lead fairly consistently. There was an opportunity to do that and they didn't. Um, I thought they got sloppy. I thought they appeared the third quarter in particular. Complacent. Yeah, third, third I, quarter I, in particular, they got seriously sloppy. It was not a great win. It was a necessary win, and they—I never felt like they were going to lose the game, but they could have put this one away pretty early, and they didn't. Th this is what I would say. I mean, first of all, if you're somebody keeping track of LeBron and AD's minutes, every single minute they play unnecessarily, or at least mm -hmm. theoretically unnecessarily, feels like you know a big picture loss. Although, as, as we saw 
after the way they dispatched Memphis on the first end of that back-to-back, everybody got rest, felt like a great way to enter the second end of the back-to-back against Sacramento. Yeah. That theory didn't hold. No. Um, but it, it does anytime you have a game against a really bad opponent and LeBron and AD really do have to play 35 minutes if you want to make sure they win, even if it feels like they shouldn't have to and they shouldn't, that's a loss. And the other thing, too, is it if you were looking for evidence of them having any type of kind of come to Jesus moment after how disappointing they really were against Sacramento, not even that they lost to Sacramento, but the way they lost to Sacramento, yes. this game would maybe constitute, you know, if you want to take the come to Jesus metaphor then deciding, you know what, we should find a church to go to. Yeah, <laughs> Let, or let's or I'll all go to church. I'll go to church, but I'm sitting in the back row and I'm going to be on my phone the whole time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not listening. I am checking I am my not I'm listening. checking my fantasy football my scores exactly. the entire time. Um, um, one thing I did want to mention though, with oh, AD go ahead. Really yeah, sure. Quickly is just Darwin was asked about AD's health after the game, and he kind of talked around it, but. I think in implied pretty heavily that AD is battling through some discomfort. You know, summarizing mm-hmm. what he said, he checks in with AD all the time. Checked in with him this morning. That this morning being Friday morning. That said that maybe he got kicked in the shin. I'm, I'm guessing he was referring to during the Kings game, but he wasn't that specific. Said that AD wants to play all the time, whether he feels 100 percent or not. He's got a lot of pride. Team appreciates him making himself available. Only AD can really say how he feels, but the team would not put him out there if he was in any real danger of actually bringing injury onto himself. Noted that his line was a very solid AD night. He's there for us. He's always going to be there for them, and he's trying to set a defensive tone. But it made it pretty clear, at least to me, that AD AD is battling some stuff right now. And that's why this game was so important. It's why the Utah game in particular, um, you know, Houston on on Sunday, home game, Lakers have played well there. Obviously, you know, LeBron, even after the game, pointed out, like, this is a team that lit them up. Um, so I think they want to kind of get something back against the the Rockets um, this weekend. Uh, you know, the Rockets who continue to play well. Um, and so there's that, but then, you know, you look past it, then you got Utah coming up after that. It's like, you got to win these games against the bad teams. And I know I, I was, I was not calling this a great win, um, but I did call it a, a very necessary win. And the only thing that's maybe perhaps more frustrating than not winning a game or than winning a game like this in, in less than impressive form is losing it. Um, and so, you know, the Lakers did what they needed to do. They are not a good, let me rephrase that. They are not a great team yet, um, and if you will, if you win games like this, you give yourself the space to continue to build to something, uh, to play around with lineups, to try to become your best selves. And to your AD point, Andy, you give yourself space that if you need to sit Anthony Davis down or LeBron down for two two games, three games, or whatever, you can do it without, you know looking at the standings going this could really screw us we we have to no they I mean they're seven and six they have a chance to be you know realistically have a chance to be nine and six um you know before the road you know the the, the teeth of the road trip i'm i mean okay i mean i'm i'm, I'm not thrilled yet but it it could be worse 
No, they have not been super impressive, but they have also not gotten themselves in any trouble during yeah. this period where they're trying to figure themselves out. And that's really the best that you can do. Want to let people know really quick, um, we have launched the Locked on Lakers subtext channel, and it's an opportunity for our listeners, uh, our viewers, people who just have followed our coverage for years to get even more connection with us, more back and forth with us, extra content, extra communication, one-on-one -on -one interactions between us. Um, there's going to be subscriber mailbags that will inevitably shape this show. We'll be providing game commentary. Again, interacting with everybody one-on-one. -on -one. I'm, I'm learning how this is going to work as you describe the things that we're going to do. Um, there's a free 14-day trial for this. So go to join subtext, S-U-B-T-E-X-T dot com slash locked on Lakers. Uh, we're really excited to give this thing a go and hopefully just have even more opportunities to connect with our audience that we are always very appreciative of. Speaking of appreciation, really enjoyed the reaction and comments in the YouTube section to the show we did about media coverage of Austin Reeves, mm -hmm. by extension of D'Angelo Russell, and just sort of these dynamics that go into it. I, people appreciating that we took on you know, an uncomfortable subject because a lot of it you know, does get back to race and things like that. Really awesome reaction to it. So thank you guys. Yeah. And we, uh, it's one of those shows too, that as soon as you're done, like, oh, you know, there's this and then there's this and like, we maybe we'll revisit it because, um, you know, I thought of like five other things, you know, you know, three segment show. We didn't, didn't want to use the whole thing on that topic, but you know, you're showering, you know, a few hours later, you're like, oh man, I wish I had thought about that too. Uh, but anyway, um, so Game on Sunday against Houston, a big one for the Lakers, a chance to beat a team that's playing well um, before this uh, very winnable Utah game after that. Um, and so obviously we will have a show for you guys uh, there. We'll have a show for you after the game on Wednesday um, as we get into the holiday. So plenty to look forward to, Andy, but also something to look forward to this. And Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Game Time. And when I was about 12 or so, the police were on the Synchronicity Tour. The police were the biggest band in the world. This was a really hot ticket, hard to get seats. And I gave up pretty early. And I thought, you know what? It's not a big deal. I'll just catch the next time the police are on tour. Well, they broke up right after the Synchronicity Tour. Because and, you didn't go. Because I didn't go. Sting said, you can't do this anymore. Um, and I learned that day, when it comes to a concert, Carpe Diem, do not miss out. And that's why I love Game Time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy shows, theater near you. They got killer deals on last-minute tickets, the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets, start getting hyped for the fun, and the Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section, a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress using Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On NBA for 20 bucks off that first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Look, Andy, uh, you, you score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, and now we're moving into this section of like uh, like 
it's getting real in the NFL. We're starting to like, you've got double digit weeks now. We're not like week one, week two, week three. We're in the stuff that really matters. And new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options available. You can bet on spreads. You can bet on player props, over-unders, and more like you want to bet LeBron, you know, 75 to 1 to win MVP. I bet a few people, Andy, after Friday night's game, uh, if he keeps this thing up. So, yeah, that's not a bad number for LeBron, 75 to 1, AD 40 to 1. You know, NFL games this weekend. Are you a Raider fan, a tortured, long-tortured Raider fan? You get 13 and a half points against the Dolphins this week. I don't think that's enough. Um, so lots of stuff to to follow and get into with FanDuel. You go visit uh, FanDuel.com slash locked on uh, to get rolling in this NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Uh, we will see everybody on Monday.